I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hi, welcome to my vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And I'm Rebecca Frank. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Still. <laughs> and here we are again having our current historical, hysterical, infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Sorry, just kidding. It's definitely researched. <laughs> Yeah, first of all, fuck yeah, Ireland. We can just give like a hip hip hooray, Ireland. This woman came in and she started chatting with me and she was just so happy. You know, like yeah. when you can see that like glassy eyed pride of your own country. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's like a weird, I keep thinking about how like it's still super restrictive what they've yeah. achieved. I mean, it's a huge achievement, but like they've still achieved what we're afraid of regressing to. Mm -hmm. And this is only the first step of what I assume is going to be a continual march forward. And we are just going backwards. Yeah. And I had exactly. this total moment of like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but yay, Ireland. Yay, Ireland. Get it. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be happy for two seconds and then remember where we are. In The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, for an update on my goat, Oscar, that none oh, of yeah. you seem to care about. I care. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> nah. That was a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Costa Rica, and I got out of the airport, rented a car, and then went all the way to this rescue center that I volunteered at two years ago for a few weeks and you know of course this goat imprinted on me and we fell madly in love he didn't imprint on me but <laughs> you imprinted I imprinted on him. <laughs> <laughs> but I bottle fed him so I wanted to go there and like see him and nobody would answer the phone so I just drove an hour out of my way that's fantastic to go see a goat and a goat at an exotic rescue center yeah. where there's like sloths and like monkeys and like shit that isn't here <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> he wasn't there why because they said that they're not allowed to keep domestic animals so they sent him to oh. a farm which get, immediately like, i was like don't ask don't ask does that mean that he's really on a farm or does that mean like what my mom used to say when she sent my fish to a farm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's your fish plowing the fields <laughs> no i think they sent him to a real farm you i don't so? yeah i don't think that an organization that saves animals would be like you go to the glue factory oscar <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> 
That's true. It's a feeling I have. Oh, we forgot to talk about the bats. Oh, yeah, bats. Oh, okay. So also in Costa Rica, <laughs> I went to, I was like driving by this bat. What What is it called? Oh, like an a, like an apiary for bats? Yes. yes. Oh, fun. Thank a you. Apiary. <laughs> but anyway, bats. I like drove by it and like swung my car in there because my mom hates bats. So I love sending her pictures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so awesome. I also love them. And Rebecca told me that she also loves them. Yeah. So when I was in Guatemala a number of years ago with my friend Carrie, we went and like hiked up. We went on this trip, this little trip to this like, vol- like little volcano lake thingy. And, and we had... We had to leave to catch the pickup truck at like four. And we also wanted to go to this bat cave. So we, we, um, bat ca- the, bat cave. the bat cave, like they <laughs> had apparently at dusk, like all the bats go. Like oh, you got to thing. do that. I didn't get to do it because, oh my God. because we climbed up this little mountain and we were back with plenty of time to catch the pickup truck. And what happened? The pickup truck left us at the what? bottom of a mountain. And let me just tell you this. <laughs> my friend Carrie has bright red curly hair. You do not forget you the redhead. You don't head. miss her. No, you don't miss the redhead. You know somebody's missing. Like yeah. when head count happens, you're like, yeah, where's the redhead? Where's oh the ginger? God. Where is she? So we hiked back up the mountain on foot, and then I waved down this random pickup truck that drove us to the top. We didn't end up seeing the bats, but we did hitchhike with a bunch of priests back to the city that we were staying in. No bats, but yes, priests. I've always wanted to do that, though. <laughs> I've always wanted to like stand out in front of the a cave at dusk and like have the bats yeah. like, fly past me. Yeah, it just seems so awesome. Yeah, we should do that. Whoosh. Yeah, We should do that, yeah. and we'll record it for everyone who's listening. Yeah, we will. Maybe That's if you're lucky. Yeah. Somebody pay for our trip. Yeah. Come on. You want to. Oh, you can go on to our Patreon and give us money. Oh, that's Welcome so weird. We have a Patreon for you to give us money to go to a bat cave. Yeah. So go to Patreon.com and look up Welcome to My Vagina and give us some money. Yeah. Watch bats poop on us. Yeah. I'll do oh, that for you. Wano. Shakaka. Welcome to Menstruation Orientation. Oh, no, you don't. Now, we know you don't want to hear about it. But they don't want to have it, so sit your ass down and listen for once in your life. Today, we're going to talk about menstruation, a.k.a. having your period. Which always makes period. me think of, of Alabama, because they're, um, you know, everyone has, like, a mascot. Mm. Theirs is the Crimson Tide. <laughs> Seriously. And it makes me laugh every time. Weird. Yeah. Weird place to have that. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, I think, like, the big football players, <laughs> Crimson Tide, and they run out. It's, like, perfect. A bloody waste of your time, if you ask me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> good one Uh, (laughs) (laughs) thanks i wrote it down (laughs) anyway welcome to the apocalypse bitches for those of you who don't know what menstruation is fuck us and our sad educational yeah for real (laughs) yeah um but it's the process in a woman of discharging blood Blood. and (laughs) (laughs) and other materials from the endometrium which is the lining of the uterus aka the womb womb the womb 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 that's where babies are stored. Yeah, they hang out in there and swim. I imagine them having like a little jacuzzi area. Yeah, just and like swimmies, those little gut thing on their arms so they don't drown. Real quick, here's how the process goes down. Yeah. Go. Hey, Rebecca, you want to drop a beat? You drop a beat? Oh, a beat. <laughs> I thought you said, do you want to drop a B? And I was like, I'm sorry, I left those at home. <laughs> <laughs> try it, try it. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> <laughs> do a, can I do like a drum roll? Oh, drum roll, please. All right, essentially, your whole menstrual cycle is designed to get you pregnant. It's your uterus way of telling you, I'm the architect. I want to build something. I love building. Baby. When ovulation occurs in the middle of your cycle. So, like, if it's 28 days, it's, like, around day 14. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just started tracking that. 
Yeah, on, on Clue. I do, do it on Clue? Flow. Okay, I use Clue. Do you do you I like love Clue? Clue? Yeah, I, I that's where Clue. I got a lot of the research from. Yeah, I, I saw you. that. Yeah, I love that. Was great. Anyway, your hormones like estrogen and progesterone pick up the phone and tell your ovaries to release a mature egg, and then it moves down to the fallopian tubes where it could meet a sperm and get fertilized. Oh, oh hey girl, hey. I like imagined it in the gym during yeah. prom, and there's sperm on one side, and there's ovaries on the other side, and nobody knows yeah. who's gonna ask to dance. And then you have to go, and you barely touch the other one, and then one <laughs> one sperm is like, I'm gonna get up in there. <laughs> He like winks over to his boys and, and is he like, wiggles. watch this, bitches. Yeah, I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna make a baby. <laughs> make an architect out of you, girl. <laughs> I wanna watch you build. It's a segment called Sperm Pickup Lines. <laughs> is that a mirror in your pocket? Because I wanna see my baby in it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, meanwhile, your body revs up production of, hormone, of the hormone progesterone, which thickens the lining of the uterus. The lining is the tissue and the blood and like nutrients that help the pregnancy grow so that it'll be ready to fertilize an egg to implant. Blech. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Especially <laughs> like you don't want to have babies and you're like, why are we going through this exercise? I know. I just I told to you. Like a button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be like, you know what? We're not doing this. Yeah. So you don't need to prepare. Yeah, Everything's worry. good. We're good here. Cool. We're good here. Shop's closed. But if no pregnancy occurs, fingers crossed. And For toes. us two girls yeah. anyway. And toes, please. And toes. I need all the help I can Cross get. Cross labias. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, those like levels, the hormone levels drop and the thickened uterine, uterine lining sloughs off and then everything falls out your butt. I'm just kidding. It's your vagina. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> come out your butt. It comes out your vag. <laughs> and that's your period. Hashtag science. It, yeah. And then it gets stuck to the shower. Curtain. That's all like the brown, like chunky stuff and mm. the, all that, all that good stuff all that the, like when you, it's been sitting up in there. Yeah. When you pull the tampon out it and it like flies across the room and sticks to the shower curtain. Not that that's happened I've to me happened before. To you. <laughs> Once or twice. I don't know how. I went through this period, nah, like a couple of months <laughs> ago, where I kept like, I kept flinging things. Like, yeah. I don't know how it never happened. But then like three or four times, I'd be like, God damn it. And it would be like on the shower curtain, on the wall. Like, <laughs> how? I don't know. I want to know how you're taking tampons out. <laughs> I think, you know what it is, is sometimes the like mucusy stuff gets caught, kind of caught near mm -hmm. the string. So it's like always, like it sometimes will get past the tampon and be like, on, like, around the string so when i pull it out i'm trying to not get that all over my fingers mm -hmm. and so i think i just like pull it out and i'm like wham <laughs> you know and <laughs> you'd be like you could have been part of a baby <laughs> but now but now you're on the but shower curtain <laughs> it's you know you know it's, it's messy business it's messy business but it's nothing to be ashamed of nothing so. at all anyway so i guess we want to talk to our audience about menstruation because of the stigma it because it, it's a form of misogyny and the idea that people don't know about their own menstruation or they feel ashamed to discuss it in public or to like loved ones and the fact that it's a taboo subject is to me seems unnatural it took me until my 30s to not be ashamed of reaching into my pocket thinking that I was grabbing chapstick and actually grabbing a tampon yeah I mean we shouldn't have to ask our friends for a tampon like it's a drug deal it happens every month mm -hmm. for some women, even more. And it's it's as natural as breathing. Yeah, because it's a sign of health. You know, certain illnesses or if you get severely underweight, your period can stop. And that is an indication that all of your bodily functions aren't working properly. And right. that's probably a time maybe to go talk to a doctor. Like the fact that we don't have the knowledge and the fact that we're too ashamed to speak to our healthcare providers or to our friends there's so many people out there who don't even know that something's wrong. Basically, menstruation and our cycles are mundane, ordinary matters. And so right. I'm 
I was super interested and I kind of delved real deep into a lot of the stigmas and how that became a thing in general. How making menstruation seem so taboo ended up being another way by which women's bodies are policed. We're, we're told it's something from the get-go that we have to hide and keep discreet because mm -hmm. we're creepy and cootie-laden, which in my case is true. Hashtag not all women. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's like, not me, guys, not me. <laughs> all of my ex-boyfriends have reported cooties post-breakup, so. But yeah, uh, we don't smell and we don't no. attract bears. I Or sharks. Or sharks. Though I do still, get, that is a huge myth, but I do still get in the ocean when I'm on my yeah. period and I'm like, fuck, what if yeah. they can smell the blood? No, me too. And actually, it's really one of those things that even though you know that science has proved that it's wrong, it doesn't matter. It's in there. Well, because they are attracted to blood. Right. But and we have blood. It's a small amount. <laughs> I was looking at, because I was trying to find like really bad misogynist period jokes earlier oh. today. One of the things that I found was actually very funny. It was like this picture of this woman lying on the ground in like a pool of blood. And she said, this looks like more t more than two teaspoons of blood to me. They think it's supposed to be one to six tablespoons is normal. Now I'm imagining like me squatting over the toilet with a tablespoon. You can check through the Diva Cup. You can. Yeah. You can when you use it to fertilize your plants. And I actually, when I bought my Diva Cup originally years ago, I told the guy who worked there, I was like, you know, you can pour your blood into the plant and fertilize it. And he was like, ugh. And he walked away. Whatever. Yeah. And I, mean, I was that's like, first of all, I was like, whatever, my plants are better than yours, bro. Also, two <laughs> thoughts there. One, we're powerful as shit. Fuck yeah. And two, that's just another reason why, like, by not naming a thing, we reinforce the idea that the thing should not be named. Why can't I bring up that I have my period or that I'm not feeling well, you know, that I have my vagina flu this month Yeah. without a guy being like, oh God. Like Fuck if, off, if I cut myself in front of you, it'd be no big deal. You'd get yeah. me a Band-Aid. But yeah. like for some reason, because it's coming out of my vagina, it's a huge goddamn deal. Yeah, and I you're all like proud of your semen, but that's like also fluid coming out of you. I'm not taking my diva cup and like splashing it on you. One of my favorite period stories is I was back in Philadelphia. I was sleeping with this guy. This is the second time we went out drinking and in the morning I was waking up and I was laying there naked and all of a sudden I felt the drip oh no you know when you can yes, feel it you, you know you can feel it coming out and it was the first drip and I fucking knew it but it was a lot because it's been sitting up there because you're horizontal yeah it's just waiting and I woke up in this moment of panic popped my pelvis up <laughs> to get off the bed ah. because he had white sheets and I fell off the bed <laughs> because I like stepped up and like my foot tripped in his court, the court of his lamp. The lamp fell. I landed on the white pillow that was on the floor because we'd had sex and things had right. moved around. And I had one foot in his open drawer. <laughs> I had the lamp had fallen over me and I had just created an angel of death on his pillow. He just rolled over <laughs> already laughing and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I grabbed the pillow, rolled into the bathroom that was right next door and went, don't look at me. Got all my clothes on, cleaned myself up and then ran out the other door. And as I was running down the staircase, he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I can never see you again. Ran outside with my bloody, his bloody pillow. I was, like, like, I'll, and I was like, I'll buy you a new pillow. The and best I was like, pad ever. <laughs> And I like grabbed the pillow and got a taxi and left. That's we so dated funny. for a year and a half. <laughs> That's awesome. He was awesome about it too. He was like, honestly, I went to the window and I saw you getting in the car with like your bloody pillow and was like, I'm gonna date that girl. <laughs> yeah. Some boys are all right. There's oh, so much hilarity around periods. And like every time that I stand up still when I have my period, 
I always like check to make sure that I haven't bled through my pants and I have like a because like one time in high school I bled and there was like a smear of blood on yeah. those fucking chairs those like plastic chairs mm-hmm. and now ev- I'm like it's traumatized I'm traumatized yeah. there's that time the time I bled all over my mom's car seat the time I bled on the on the airplane seat my period started on the plane but I think I had checked my bag and so I didn't have anything with me or I had one tampon but it was like a regular tampon mm-hmm. and my shit is for real and so I was like asking all of the flight attendants and nobody none of them had anything Mm -hmm. there was no there's nothing in the bathroom i get off the plane and i can feel like it's about to just be a disaster Mm -hmm. and i went to the bathroom in jfk they do not sell pads and tampons in the bathroom at jfk or at least they didn't at that time in 2010 so i ended up i was in the bathroom and it was like i didn't want to run out to like the hudson news where they would have sold me like a box of like six tampons for like 25 dollars right. or some bullshit but also i was already bleeding everywhere so, expensive. so i had to ask one of the ladies who was cleaning the bathroom if one of them had a tampon or a pad or anything those are ladies working i mean i'm gonna assume that they make probably minimum wage and tampons are expensive and so i ended up like i was like here's five dollars in most societies, management of menstruation is already, like, handled covertly. In middle-income countries r- with limited access to, like, clean water and sanitation facilities, like, they don't even have access to tampons or pads. And yeah. Also, in a lot of countries, like, in rural parts of Nepal, women are literally put in isolation during their period and cannot go to classrooms with other students while they're menstruating mm-hmm. because the myth goes back to, like, the belief that women are unclean and yeah. will anger Hindu gods. And that happens all over the world. Women miss out on education mm-hmm. because they're considered filthy because yeah. of something that is so incredibly natural. I mean, even be, even like on top of that, when you look at education levels and stuff, they do find that during certain times of the month and after puberty, women's education a lot of times drops off. And it's partially because of what you just said, but it's also because for the education that we don't receive about how to handle it, they don't receive education. And like a lot of them think that there's something wrong with them. There's well, not open lines of communication. Maybe they don't have access to stuff that could help them, you know? And so a lot of girls just don't go to school. In Iran, menstruation is a disease. 48% of girls believe that menstruation is a disease. And so this is the thing that is always so confusing to me. And and I and I understand that there's like there's a gap of, of understanding and information, but there are so many different prongs of misogyny, and one of them one of them is that women are baby creating factories. And the other one is that menstruation is disgusting. Mm-hmm. But you need to have menstruation in order to create a baby and so like you can't have one without the other right so why is like motherhood and childbirth so beautiful and so empowering and so wonderful and then on the other end this thing that actually allows it to happen is so dirty and disgusting right. and can't be talked about so it's like we can't talk about menstruation but then we're also only valued by some people by our ability to have children nobody knows how these taboos got started but menstruation is like pre-language pre-agriculture mm-hmm. um I, I had a thought the other day where i was like is it the gift of being able to create life that causes like this amount of resentment like that we we harness this power like all Mm -hmm. you do is you plant the seed but we build the whole goddamn package yeah we make the fingernails guys yeah (laughs) we make the fingernails (laughs) on clue in 2000 the historian uh robert s McElvain. Mm -hmm. Uh, coined the term non-menstrual syndrome or NMS to describe the reproductive envy that led males to stigmatize menstruation and socially dominate women as 
psychological compensation for what men cannot do biologically. And right. I, d I do, I really like had that thought the other day where I was like, I wonder if this all started because they're jealous. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways in which our like strength and power is limited in order to keep us from achieving. High heels, for example, are a perfect example. Foot binding. One of the things that really struck, stuck out to me is that a lot of the experts that were being talked about were men. Men designed uh, menstrual products. Men decided that women should deliver babies on their backs to make it easier for male doctors to deliver the child. Right. It wasn't about the power of the woman. And now we have these men, Robert McElvane and Chris Knight, who's uh, out of London University, as the the people that are being quoted as experts mm -hmm. on on like the historical realities of menstruation and it made me wonder a why is it taking so long for people to explore these things b why are they all men but then my my feeling about it is like okay let's think about the way that women are ostracized for caring about women's issues and imagine if you're an expert a female expert who writes about menstruation and periods like imagine right. how much people are gonna be like that little girl is just writing about her period but if a dude is doing it he's a social social anthropologist who can analyze culture and talk about it and can talk from some level of authority that a woman would just be poo-pooed putting her own experience into it and it's like i'm sorry dude like i'm glad that you care and that you're writing about this and all that stuff but like you don't know i mean don't get me wrong like i was fascinated by knight's theory but maybe that's reflective of the taboos themselves in academia like yeah. you're saying not that he shouldn't it's just that why aren't there more women doing it right so um, his theory basically in short is so chris knight who's a social anthropologist from london university believes that the original menstrual taboos were born of female-led and female-advantaging behaviors in early humans. So, for example, that, that the females... Taboo got flipped, basically. Right. That females themselves had good reason to establish menstruation as a time when their bodies could not be touched, creating their own taboo. Only later did this taboo transform into something that comprised female autom autonomy rather than enhanced it. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea that women came up with a way to be like, okay, this is a time that I need for myself to do my own thing, to... Yeah. you know not be at the whims of you or whatever to relax because my body's going through this thing well it was also a way to ensure that the hunt happened right. where if they sent them away while the moon was at its brightest that they would all sit around and they wound up like cycling with the moon the men would go out and hunt bring back the food they'd all share it and then all this sexual activity would occur so it was basically withholding sex to like create this level of peace right but then there's the thing of there's actually no scientific evidence that women do cycle exactly with the moon cycle and because Chris Knight has the only theoretical framework for this idea of like the menstrual taboo, that's the only thing we have to base it off of. It's an incredibly interesting theory. Why aren't there competing theories? Because this is not It's a theory. It's yeah. not fact. And we have one book. It's 2018. And this happens to us like every 21 to 28 days to every, to not every woman, but to the majority of women on yeah. the planet. It's important just for the health of a woman. A team of researchers uh, led by Dr. Marnie Summer, but they wanted to address the silence and like critical gaps because girls and women experience numerous types of vaginal bleeding, and those include reproductive processes such as menstruation and bleeding after childbirth, but also bleeding related to health condi conditions mm -hmm. such as fibroids or cancer. If women are educated about what is healthy for their bodies, they can see what, what, what an outlier is, and then they can get earlier care for whatever a problem might be because our bodies tell us things all of these menstrual taboos and euphemisms are old but for instance in the bible the quran is go apart from women during monthly course do not approach them until they are clean and we all know what the opposite of clean is dirty <laughs> <laughs> even though menstrual negative taboos are pretty universal mm -hmm. there are exceptions 
some modern day hunter gatherer societies, for example, hold the understanding that menstruation is powerful and sacred. Which Obviously, it is. these groups are more likely to have a degree of gender egalitarianism. Egalitarianism, big fucking surprise. <laughs> but some menstrual customs act as tools that enhance female autonomy and like kind of grant social control and relief from work for instance god i'm gonna ruin how to say this is it the mabuti tribe <laughs> i know no, I yo know, booty I know. i'm saying that every time i said it i giggled <laughs> booty yeah <laughs> i know it does we're bad people sorry booties <laughs> anyway a tribe in zaire um, they have a menstrual hut where women go to have their first periods and they're accompanied by girls and female relatives because the period is considered powerful and blessed by the moon. And also the Yurok Indians in northwestern California go on strike once a month for 10 days. See, that's awesome. It's amazing. So they don't cook. They don't do household chores because it's believed that a woman should seclude herself during her flow because she is at the height of her powers. How cool is that? That is really cool. It said, so she should not be distracted by mundane worries or the opposite sex, which I wish I could do all the time. <laughs> right? Quick history lesson. Yes. The Mbooties. <laughs> we are over. really sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. The Mbooties tribe now probably lives in the Democratic Republic of the Congo because Zaire ceased to exist in 1997. Ah, Bye, you. Zaire. Bye, Zaire. Um, yeah, there's so, there's so many examples of this that I really enjoyed. There are women uh, among the Kalasha people of Northwest Pakistan, and they do the same thing. They go to a communal meeting house. They go away from the men. They gossip. They sing together. They talk about their menstruation it's mm -hmm. amazing and honestly what's cool about that is that the men express pride that this is in their society that they say our women are free right um despite I mean, the fact that the bashali building is off limits to them and the bashali building is the menstruation hut right the way that something is framed matters and so if women are forced to go into a hut because they can't be around that's not a good thing but if the hut exists and it's a place of female empowerment that they choose to go to that men can't go that's viewed as this like very important sacred space yeah. that's a different use of a similar thing you know i was thinking back about chris knight also is one of the things that i highlighted that he had talked about is this this idea that the origins of sexual morality, he traced them back to self-organization and collective resistance toward the bad behavior of males. Mm -hmm. And he argues that women could not command respect if they allowed men to take sexual access to them for granted. The way to get men to be helpful was to make clear that sex was conditional on good behavior. So, no, so, that, so that puts right. us in another taboo right. that we feel in our society, that women don't want to have sex and are withholding it from you and that you deserve it. Right, and it also makes it, it, makes it transactional, which is a problem that we're going to talk about when we get into the incels in right. a future episode. But then he says, to make this work, women had to establish at least periodic the most most foundational rule of all that no means no as Knight puts it if the body is not sacred nothing is so I mean there's a this is a similar thing it's like so we have uh, women empo women's empowerment from the perspectives of somebody who grew up in a very patriarchal misogynist culture being totally entwined with this idea that it's women's jobs to police men right. to watch over their own sexuality in order to, to withhold from men and it makes it transactional and it also, th there's a difference, I mean I think that there's a way that we can talk about menstruation realistically and not thinking that it's disgusting but also not like overly romanticizing it. So much of what I read sometimes is like makes it too far. You yeah. go too far. Like don't get me wrong. Like, like I'm I... not bleeding out a goddess. <laughs> And I do wonder what what time I would not have wasted being ashamed, having to hide this thing that is so very normal. Yeah. If it had been a little bit more like 
oh, we can just openly talk about this. No yeah, problem. Like, absolutely. I'm on my period, so I'm feeling a little tired. I'm exhausted. Without having that be turned against us as, like, oh, women aren't capable of doing things because they're unbalanced. We're not weak. We go through our day. We get shit done. Mm-hmm. And we do it while our body is releasing blood and excess. Going through this process... But we do also deserve a certain level of compassion. Mm-hmm. Like 20% of women go through really painful periods. Yeah. In like PMDD or P. Yeah. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Like My, mine has gotten a lot better. Yeah. But I w- was definitely in that category of yeah. like, I've passed out in a suitcase from pain. I've had to call out of work. But the fact that I even have to lie about that, mm-hmm. I don't want to not work. I'm a bartender. Me missing a day of work is me missing money and I can't necessarily afford that it always like blows my mind that people think that we just want to we're just like lazy yeah we're just like lazy we're like "Mm, I don't feel like it but openly talking about it should achieve two things it should achieve access of information to Mm -hmm. everybody and should also achieve making like getting women off a weird pedestal that we're put on which also contributes to the patriarchy um yeah like I don't need to be worshipped but I do want to be respected but I do think we should be intrigued by the inner workings of our bodies absolutely why am I hiding it for male frailty and ego and we should be able to find that information easily there was a compare there was a study of 44 societies in like 1974 that surveyed how people viewed menstruation in part as what it is a signal for reproductive phase and the study found the appearance of taboo in a given society may be closely tied to how much how much men were a part of the procreative like, like child rearing and childbirth and uh, higher okay. partici- like higher participation of obviously it's not going to change anytime soon this taboo is like deeply ingrained but mm-hmm. the more that we bring men into the fold as part of child rearing yeah, it's a team effort, guys. It is a team effort that that will, and I think that benefits everybody. The yeah. kid will have more of his dad. Mm-hmm. The mom will get a fucking break. Yeah, and not like the break that. I mean, I love my parents so much, but like when my sister and I used to fight, my mom would just go on vacation and she would just get in her car and drive That's away. <laughs> but that it needs to happen. Yeah, every, absolutely. Every parent needs a break. Kids are awful sometimes. Yeah. They're amazing. They're creations but they're also dicks yeah and everybody needs a break it'll also give men like a better understanding of like what women go through just breaking down the gender norms and it's and it does start with being more honest about what is going on i was at a bridal shower yesterday and i was talking to the sister of my friend whose party it was and she was talking about how she's been talking to her son who i think is like six or seven about puberty and he's been asking her questions and she was like, you know, I'm just answering him honestly. That's what it is. You you talk to your kids and you tell them because they're experiencing it and it's the first time. We have the experience of billions of people before us. Right. So why are we all going through this alone? So why don't we know this? Yeah. yeah. Why are we going to, through it as a community? Yeah. And, and, and like, and why aren't we creating an open dialogue? So like, yeah, maybe the kids don't want to talk to their parents about it, but they might want to talk to their peers. I didn't fucking know. I turned... When I turned 30, my period changed mm-hmm. dramatically. I thought something was wrong. I told my mom about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, that just happens. And I was like, this is literally the first time I've ever heard of that. Yeah. How do I not know that this will change over time? Yeah. And we all know that our taste buds supposedly change every seven years. So why don't we know about our periods? Right. Change. It'll change. Yeah. And the thing is, like, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, you know, the people, like, I feel like there is a change and... You know, I'm ta- I talk to my friends about it, and um, but then I think about it, and I'm just like, nope, that's not right, because there's all these people that we don't know that we've never met that don't understand what it is, and that still make that fucking joke 
anything I don't trust anything that bleeds for seven days and doesn't die which honestly if anyone next time someone says that to you to me I will stab you I will take a knife and I will stab you so this is Rebecca's last episode um will uh, send her letters in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to, no, I'm going to record like over the jail phone and every like 20 minutes we'll be like, you are out of time and I'll have to get back in line. I don't know how long it takes to unravel a negative taboo, but changing them requires the system to change. Yeah. So. And requires us to talk about it. So here's a challenge. Everybody listening today, which I hope is a whole lot of you and I hope that all of you are giving us stars. Please give us five. And reviews. And reviews and tell your friends. But also I challenge you this week to... Be open, even just with your kid or with a good friend, or challenge yourself to be honest about what your body is going through and how it makes you feel. Or, dudes, ask questions. Let's learn more. Yeah. You know, be nice about it, though. If you were looking for cooties, send me a picture. Yeah. Also, e- <laughs> w- email us with your questions, though, about periods. Yeah, that's more important. And pictures <laughs> of your blood. Email us pictures of your blood. Your blood. <laughs> Your blood. <laughs> Welcome to my vagina at gmail.com. <laughs> I hooked up with this dude, and in the middle of kissing, I felt the responsibility to stop and say, Hey, I should really let you know now before we go any further that I'm on my period. And he was like, Oh. Well, then let's make a fucking mess, Allie. To this day, that is the most romantic thing anybody has ever said to me. Hey, Jesse, did you know that at the royal wedding, um, the couple asked for menstrual pads in lieu of gifts? What? Yeah. In particular, for donations to the Mina Mahila Foundation in India, which manufactures and sells affordable pads throughout the slums of Mumbai, tackling taboo and shame along the way. Cool. So this is an article I'm reading in Refinery29. I'll link it in the episode notes. On International Women's Day 2017, Meghan Markle penned an essay for Time about the global need to address menstruation as a matter of gender equity. She wrote, quote, From Sub-Saharan Africa to India, Iran, and several other countries, the stigma surrounding menstruation and lack of access to proper sanitation directly inhibit young women from pursuing an education. She's the tits. She is the tits. She's the goddamn tits. The cat's meow. Did you know that a modern woman has about 450 periods in her lifetime, but her grandmother may have only had 150 because of multiple pregnancies? I didn't. My grandma had six kids. Oh, snap. She had way less than me because I got myself zero. (laughs) Did you know that in 1946, Walt Disney made a movie about menstruation? I did know that because I used it in one of my videos. Damn it. That was the sound of the air coming out of my sails. Did you know that up until the 1800s, doctors believed that women had wandering wombs? Like they would jump out of one body and go into another one? (laughs) Uteruses were thought to literally wander around the body, (laughs) causing all sorts of emotional and physical problems. (laughs) Yeah. Wee! Yeah. Like they just like got up on their fallopian tubes and were like, deuces, pelvis. (laughs) Did you know that Always was the first company to show blood in an advertisement for their sanitary napkins. Oh, shit. And it just happened in 2011. Whoa. They broke the women bleed blue liquid trend, but the ad still only appeared in print. That's ridiculous. Did you know 
In winter, your cycle may become longer and periods more painful. It is sensitive to the change of seasons. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Isn't either. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Cold weather and lack of sun can prolong your cycle while your periods may become heavier and more painful. I had no idea. See, this is why we have to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really funny. Apparently, according to Betty, you can get your period in your nose. Okay, well, you probably won't. But it's called vicarious menstruation, and it involves bleeding from somewhere that isn't your uterus. Women have bled from their yeah. Women have blood from their eyes, noses, and even lungs during their periods, and it occurs because your blood capillaries all over your body soften during menstruation, and sometimes allow blood to come out. It's oh. okay. It's very, very rare. I mean, that's probably true. Yeah but you can get your period in your nose. Did you know that there are two phases of your cycle? The follicular phase and the luteal phase. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. So the first day of menstruation marks the phase of the follicular phase, and during this phase, the eggs are maturing in the ovaries. Ovulation occurs at the end of the follicular phase. Um, And then after the ovulation, the luteal phase begins, and the egg can be fertilized. And if there's no conception, again, fingers crossed, (laughs) <laughs> the uterine lining sheds and your period begins. Wow. Yeah, and both are accompanied by different symptoms. Like the luteal phase, um, apparently you have like more vivid dreams and like and or in my cases nightmares depending on how stressed I am. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I just found out that those clots are made by contractions. Yeah, when you have period cramps, your uterus contracts. Oh, yeah. And when it happens frequently, it can stop your blood from thinning out before it comes out, resulting in clots. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's true, because this is a questionable website, but it's still interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, oh, this one was, it's not medically necessary to have sex during painful periods, um, but it can help relieve menstrual cramps. Um, However, the cervix is open during menstruation, which... For some reason, all I can think of is the Stranger Things monster where his face opens up. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, since the cervix is open, you're more at risk for infection. Oh. See, and I was thinking of people who, like, who can chug beers and just, like, open their throats up. My vagina can fucking chug a beer with any bro. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. <laughs> Down the fallopian <laughs> Down tubes. the fallopian loop. <laughs> Please email us at welcometomyvagina at gmail.com. Check us out at welcometomyvagina.com. Look at all Jesse's videos. Find her on YouTube. Subscribe. Please. I also have lots of videos about menstruation, including a quote-unquote rap. <laughs> that shit's going to be in the episode notes. It's called The Red Wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Please follow us on our Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. Find us on Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. Please check out all of Rebecca's musings and awesome writing at franklyrebecca.com. And also give us money. And Patreon. Patreon. Please. Look at you Welcome can, to My Vagina. Yeah. Welcome to My Vagina and Welcome to My Vagina podcast, actually. Yeah, yeah there's two. Yeah, we there. have some super exciting things coming forward in the merch department. True. So keep your eyes out. Please tell your friends. True. Listen to the other awesome podcasts coming at you from More Banana Productions. How about this? If you leave us a, re- a really nice review and contact us via email, we will send you either a clay vagina or a painting. Sounds amazing. Yeah. What if I just left us a nice review? Can I get a clay vagina? No. You've got, oh. you got three paintings, you That's greedy two. bitch. I have three paintings, guys. They're really <laughs> Anyway. One of my vaginas is flying a plane. Um, anyway, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>